How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. It is Locked On NBA with the Scout. NBA Scout, I think he's Scout 2, coming on the show, breaking down the trade of Abaca, the trade of Nurkic and Plumlee, and then we'll run through some fun topics with him as well. The three best passers, the coaches that are most creative in the league, all sorts of fun topics uh, coming. The three players that are breaking out. We give him a bunch of lists of that, plus we talk a bunch about what's going on in the NBA. It's all on today's edition of Locked on NBA. I'm David Locke, host of Locked on NBA, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and founder of the Locked on podcast Network. Uh, our last week's episodes with both Kevin Pelton and Rob Mahoney are still pertinent. They're timeless. So I hope you get a chance to uh, grab onto those and enjoy them. Uh, if you haven't already heard them, go back when you're done with this one. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at SeatGeek. Use the promo code LOCKED on SeatGeek and get $20 rebate on your first purchase. Download the SeatGeek app, go to settings, enter in LOCKED. And as well, our friends at IndoChat. Chino, Indochino, the made-to-measure suits. Oh, they're just terrific. In fact, I threw out a suit last night because it was just too baggy and loose and just didn't fit right because now that I've had the Indochino feeling, those things I used to wear don't feel right anymore. So Indochino, and again, Indochino.com. Use Locked and Indochino will get you uh, fabulous pricing on those made-to-measure suits. In fact, the premium uh, suit from Indochino when you use the promo code LOCKED is incredible. It's only three eighty nine. So please support our sponsors. They support the podcast. Uh, I'll tell you about a little bit more from each of those uh, before we're done. In addition, you may recall we've had some past sponsors. Uh, so if you remember... Uh, Bloom that. Great florist if you need flowers. If you forgot on Valentine's Day, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. WarbyParker.com slash lock to get you the five uh, glasses try on at free. And Blue Apron L-O-C-K-N-B-A gives you three free meals. So thanks to all our sponsors. Today is SeatGeek and Indochino. And now, let's get it rolling on this edition of Locked on NBA, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Make sure you've subscribed to your favorite NBA team's daily podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Here is the NBA scout hired by an NBA team. Comes on our show anonymously to give you the inside scoop. Well, Scout, let's start with the trades that have been made in the last two days. I'm sure there's more coming, but while we're talking uh, today, Abaka goes to Toronto uh, in exchange for Terrence Ross and uh, the lesser of the two first-round picks. What's your What's your overall take on this deal? Um. You know, my initial thought is happy that Orlando got off the Serge Baca debacle. I think that was a bad move during the summertime. And while Serge Baca for Terrence Ross is maybe not the greatest pick in the world, it, uh, it allows Aaron Gordon to go back to playing four, where I think his best spot is. Then you have Terrence Ross at three and got Fournier at the two. You have an athletic group that uh, 
could score and whether you have Biombo or Vucevic in there as a five, then, um, you know, at least it gives them something there. They're going to be really young. But I thought, uh, I mean, if you look at the big part of the deal and you say, well, you had all the players that they actually traded in the end for Terrence Strauss and a first-round pick, then it doesn't look that great when you give up Oladipo and the pick that it turned out to be Sabonis and et cetera. So, um, you know, it's a recovery. There's times that you make mistakes and you think things are going to turn out and smart guys end up trying to get off those mistakes as quick as they can. All right, let's look. I'll give him a little, a little credit that way. Interesting perspective. I like that a lot. Let's, uh, one more Orlando question before we dig into Toronto. How good do you think Aaron Gordon is? Uh, he's better as a four than he is as a three. If he will come to that reality, um, he's young. He keeps getting better, but with every game you see him, he'll have four good plays and two plays that you just say, what the heck is he thinking about? If he could limit those every game, then I think he's got a chance to be a an effective player. He's dynamic and explosive, and but he's um, got to quit falling in love with three-pointers and putting his head down and going places where there's where there's no openings. I think those are the two biggest things that always stick out, but he should be able to be a defensive presence, too, I think. Um, I think that's an advantage for him at the four. That maybe is not always there at the three, but in a switching situation, he can still stay in front of people, obviously. The reason I ask that is I always kind of look back at drafts, and one of my thoughts I always have is like, so where was the, you know, every draft we sell every kid to being good, but then as we look back, there's always, in most of them, there's some what of a line, like, oh, wow, that's actually where the draft broke. And that draft's getting interesting because you have Wiggins, Parker, and Bede, and then the next group of guys, very few of them have kind of established themselves yet. Aaron Gordon, Dante Axon, Marcus Smart kind of may have figured out what he is, but it's certainly not a shooter. Uh, Julius Randle, Nick Stauskas, Noah Vonley, Alfred Payton, Doug McDermott, Dario. It's an interesting kind of group because none of those other guys have really established themselves Yet and it makes you kind of, it makes me wonder where what, on what side of that is Aaron Gordon going to end up on? Yeah, you know I think with every draft, like you said, there's that line of demarcation where um, there's the clear cut guys and the rest of the guys, and just the way the draft goes nowadays with so many guys that are 19 years old and 20 year old and have one year of college experience. You know I think. There are guys that just takes longer, and so it's it's uh, when you're making that draft, it's those guys are. Do you need the guys right away that can come in and step in and help, or are you going to take a chance that a guy like an Aaron Gordon who is off the charts athletically can develop into a basketball player and accept who he is? You know, we had him in for a workout, and uh, he was convinced that. He could even play two in the NBA. And so it's getting to that point where he figures out, you know, it's pretty – Draymond Green's done a pretty good job at, at the four, and everybody uses him as an example. But figuring out what you do best and how you can put other people at a disadvantage is a chance for you to play the most. And 
not to not to prove to everybody that they're right <laughs> while you're trying to prove that they're wrong. You know, it's a great point you make there because every single one of these kids thinks they're going to be an all-star, right? I mean, understandably. If they're, sure. And, and so the first kind of realization, I mean, I, I'd be interested in your mind what that progression is of, like, the first realization is, oh, wait, I might not be an all-star. And then, like, what 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 are the progression of pro, uh, that, a, that a player has to kind of go through before they figure out what it is that, or how they're going to be successful in this league? I think – uh, a lot depends on the teams and the organizations that they go to and how they approach those kids at the beginning. Um, then I think the guys in the locker room can help that um, to explain, you know, and the guys that come in and that are willing to work, that are willing to know that they have a lot to learn. And those are the guys that make the quickest progress. It's the guys that, um, think they've already arrived by being on an NBA roster that take a little while. And sometimes that can be a year. Sometimes that can be two years. And sometimes that means that, you know, you hit rock bottom by going down to the D league, or it means that you have to uh, sit on the bench for a long time and, and figure that out. And I know there's, there's a variety of examples around the league, but, um, there's those big guys that if they understand that if you roll and run and rebound, you can play in the NBA for a long time. And But a lot of them come in and they want to prove that they are skilled face-up guys and they can do all the things a three-man, we used to say a three-man could do. And uh, It's figuring out your niche and where you fit on your team and within your organization. And most teams try to develop players and give them a chance to be as successful as they can and to show what skills they have and then try to fit them into a, maybe not a slot, but a place where they feel like they can uh, be most successful on their team and help the team win. All right, let's go to Abaka in Toronto. What does this do for the Raptors? Um, it gives them another guy that can help when they're playing Cleveland that can switch and guard LeBron some. You know, I think they were disappointed when they got Damari Carroll that he was going to be the LeBron stopper, and he certainly is not that, and proven maybe the opposite. So they have a guy now where they can, if they're in three, four situations or even four or five situations, that they can get out and guard. And I know that Bach has always been a guy that uh, Messiah is like through the years, and um, he's another guy that can help stretch the floor. Um, probably the the one thing looking at him over the last two or three years is that uh, one of his detriments has just been that he quit being the devastating defensive player and settled into being a jump shooter all the time. And So I think if he can get back to that mindset that Shooting jump shots is good, but uh, helping to affect the game defensively can help teams win games more. Um, I think that'll that'll be beneficial for for Toronto, and they they needed a they need a spark right now with the way they've been playing. So uh, he'll give them another spark, but uh, and they need another floor stretcher, especially with 
with Jarrells and being more of a mid-range player. Do you? I mean, his block rate has dropped for six straight years. His rebounding rate is down to twelve percent. Um, do you think he still has it in him to be a good, the a defensive impact player? Um, I don't know. The numbers would suggest he doesn't want to be right because um, he's been on two different teams, and that's been the case. Um, so. You know, again, I think some of that is is what you're about and what's inside you and what you value the most. And he is a solid three-point shooter, not a great one, a little bit streaky, but um, he's just been so um, comfortable in being that that player and hovering out on the perimeter that he's not in the paint very much anymore. And it's hard to get rebounds or block shots or be effective if you're standing out on the perimeter. Now, the other side is Toronto's been starting Siakam, and they start Hurdle the other night. Patrick Patterson's not available. I mean, they're up. This is a – if they end up with their big man rotation becoming Valanchunas, Abaka, and Patterson, that's a s- tremendous upgrade from where they were, right? Absolutely. Uh, do you be- – how – what about Powell replacing Ross? Is that a wash? Does that hurt Toronto? What's your feeling on that? I'm a big Norman Powell fan. I think he he's proven that he's a, uh, a good player. You know, Ross has shot the three better this year, um, but he's 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 kind of up and down. You know, it's a it's a great game and an average game, great game, average game. Powell is has an intensity about him and he's an explosive player. He's smaller, um, two or three inches probably, but he has an explosion and a toughness about him. I like, and I think, um, he's probably had a little bit of a hard time this year because he played so well in playoffs. And at the end of last year that I think he was hungry for a little more time. So I think that'll, uh, that'll help. Um, and it'll help give him a little depth behind DeRozan to just getting him some more minutes. All right, we'll move to the Nurkic Plumley deal in a second, but let me tell you about our sponsor today, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the number one way to get tickets for any concert, any game, any event you're going to. It is modern technology making something that used to be a total hassle completely easy and simple. Here's how SeatGeek works. You go to your Android or your Apple phone and you just immediately download the SeatGeek app. And now you're underway. And here's what's so great about SeatGeek. They are going to compile all of the tickets available from all the different locations for you on one place right there on your phone when you download the app and it will let you know what the ticket prices are. And then... If you don't know the arena, you don't know the venue, you're on the road, something like that, it gets even better because they give a ticket score to every single ticket. So now you not only have all the available tickets, but you know which ones are the best deals because they know the marketplace for you. And finally, it's secure. It's no, no, the prices are right there for you. It's on your phone. It's easy. And you can put price uh, alerts for certain events that are coming up down the road a little bit longer. So put it. Get to your phone, 
Go download the app SeatGeek. Then hit the settings tab. And when you hit the settings tab, you enter in the promo code LOCKED. And after your first purchase, they're going to send you a $20 rebate uh, after your first purchase. Do it now with SeatGeek. It's modern technology making seat buying easy. All right, the other trade that went down the other day was the movement of uh, Plumley for Nurkic. What was your take on that deal? I'm a big Mason Plumley fan and um, not a big Nurkic fan. Um, I thought it was interesting with Portland. They are they're a very tight-knit team. Like When you see them on the road together, they go out and eat together as a team. Uh, they're together a lot. They have a real, like Lillard especially, has really gotten those guys together as a group. And I don't know that they've underachieved this year. I think they overachieved last year. They got hot at a period of time and took advantage of other people sliding. Um, and the way they're like I said, it's kind of a momentum thing and the way their schedule worked out and they got they got a chance to get to the playoffs. But um, the defense, and people are blaming Plumlee a lot for the defensive end of it. Um, their guards don't keep guys in front of them, and that's not Mason Plumlee's fault. And their schemes are fine, um, but – when your guards give up dribble penetration, you're putting a lot of pressure on a big man to have to make up for that. And there's not always a DeMarcus Cousins or Rudy Gobert in the background to to make up for those mistakes. So um, I think Plumlee will be good in Denver, especially like he's a great runner. Um, I think he's a really good passer. And, uh, you know, Free throws, he could do better. Uh, rebounds, he, I think he's likely to rebound at a better rate. But uh, the way Portland is built, it'll be interesting to see how accepting they have of Nurkic because he's a little bit of a different human being. So um, how well he'll try to fit in and how well they accept him uh We'll be interesting to see how that dynamic goes. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, when you Do you think that the guard defensive weaknesses of the McCollum-Lillard combination are enough that they will break that up at some point? Um, I don't know that answer. I would think that uh, that's part of the reason why they went out and got Evan Turner was they thought that he could help defensively and they could play him more with one of those guys. And maybe they weren't on the floor together all the time. I mean, maybe with, <clears throat> excuse me, with, um, you know, Crab giving him a little bit better effort defensively, but I think he's been down this year. Um, it's, you know, that's always going to be a hard one, especially they have a great relationships. So, that's a long way away from happening based on the way they've done things in the past. I think that that'll be, that'll be a, a long, hard decision. Do you feel as though the, the little deals going on that were, that it's all about to happen, that there's a bunch more to follow? Do you feel this deadline's going to be 
particularly active, particularly quiet? What's your vibe on which, where you think things are going to happen? Well, I think a lot of people try to make smaller moves, moving guys that, you know, will be free agents at the end of the year, that guys they don't think they can sign or afford to sign. So I think there'll still be some small moves. I thought that love was definitely in play, and him being injured with arthroscopic surgery is definitely going to obviously affect any moves that he might have been in. Um so I don't know if there's a blockbuster out there um, that's going to shock everybody, but I think there's still a chance that uh, somebody will do it. It's just that uh, everyone is waiting till the last 24, 48-hour period to really be truthful about what what values are out there. And so does the Toronto move make – Boston go ahead and make a move now so that they have another piece. Um, you know, they, they've been very, they overvalue their players a lot early and their assets a lot early. And so I think that, you know, there might be a chance that at that 24 hour mark that they might, they might make a move to make a move and, and try to shake things up a little bit on their end. Do you uh, do you feel Cleveland has to do something here? What's your vibe on the impact of the love injury? Um, I think they will do something, yes. But, again, um, I think love was the guy who was going to be in play. Um, and he is a guy who had some value. I mean, I don't know that when you go up and down the roster who the – who the next valuable guys are, you know, you'd probably say Shumpert is the next guy that they could afford to to lose um, and have some value, but he doesn't bring you anything by opening up that roster spot with Chris Anderson and, you know, maybe it's picking up somebody that's sitting out there like Mario Chalmers or someone that, um, you know, that can help them in the short term. Um, but um, I don't know if they, like I said, I don't know if they have the great assets that are going to be able to help them get a get a star and that that next guy. Before we move off trades, is there any team, anything you see out there, you're hearing out there that you think actually kind of changes the landscape? Is there a team that you say, wow, if they – if San Antonio adds this or if Houston does something, or is there a team out there when you look at them right now, you think to yourself, they could really overval- they could change the landscape of the way we view uh, the upcoming next months? Um, you know, I don't think so. I, don't, I think it's just too hard right now to make, to make that kind of trade. Um, you know, I think there is some, like as you read articles and you see things and you watch games, I think there is some uh, disillusionment with LaMarcus Aldridge. And, you know, maybe maybe the Spurs make a move with someone and, and do something dramatic. But um, as far as game changers, um 
I just think it's really hard right now, the way the the salary cap is set up. All right, um, let's... You know, you have Brooklyn trying to get rid of Brook Lopez. You know, he's a he could be a difference maker, um, but it's got to be a unique situation. Do you think that, that team to, to do you think the Brook Lopez and Anthony Davis work? I've heard that rumor, and I don't. I guess I just maybe I don't get it. I don't see how that works together. I think Anthony Davis is best when he's a five attacking other fives, and um, I don't know that the twin tower deal there is that is that great. Um, you know, he's certainly has the ability to shoot threes, but is he a real stretch four? No, but if he's out there going against fives and taking advantage of people, then he's pretty good. I mean, that, that's look, that's what basically has happened with Jokic. Jokic went from being the four player next to Nurkic to now he's a five and he's blowing up because he's showing all his skills and he's able to take advantage of people, and obviously he's a little bit stronger than than Davis, but Davis might be quicker and um, similarly skilled. So, but what, um, Scout, what do you do when you have a player? Brooke, what do you do when you have a player who says he doesn't want to do it? I'll trick him. All right. <laughs> but the reality is, I mean. Uh, I just watched the Nets last night. I mean, Brooke, Brooke has gone from being a a very good post-up player to being a three-point shooter now. So this whole thing is topsy-turvy. I don't understand anymore. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do some league-wide fun with the scout, asking the three coaches that are most creative, three best passers in the league, three best pick setters, three best perimeter defenders, three players that are about to explode. A lot of things like that coming up with the scout in a second. Right now, though, I want to tell you about Indochino. Indochino is a made-to-measure suit company, shirts as well. It's just a totally different experience than getting something that's generic and off the rack. I've got two Indochino shirts that have become my most favorite. This My suit, I mentioned it earlier. Like Now I wear my old suits. I'm like, what has happened here? Indochino is making it easy for someone like you and me to get perfectly tailored suits at a reasonable price. I always have suit envy. I look at these guys. They're wearing these suits. They fit perfectly. In the NBA world, they're all over the place, and they cost numbers that I can't afford. But if they were just $389, then we're talking. And that's what, with the promo code LOCKED at checkout, you get 50% off the regularly priced made-to-measure premium suit is $389 at Indochino.com. Shipping is free as well. So check it out. You choose all your own custom customizations from lapels to pleats to jacket linings. You do this cool multiple measurement system so that you have an absolutely perfect major measure fit. And then you place the order. You wait a few weeks, and it's there. Your own tailored suit at an incredible price. And you can choose from hundreds of fabrics. You personalize it. It's Awesome. Indochino.com. Check it out. Indochino.com and use the promo code LOCKED on your way out and you get the suit for $389 and free shipping. All right, let me go some league-wide things uh, with you. Uh, I do find that last question, though. I know you, you know, these these players get in their mind what they are, right? Like, I don't want to play five. And it's it's a tough task when they when a, when a player gets that in his head to try to get him to go do what he says he doesn't want to do. 
Find well, it seems to be an issue with Paul George in Indianapolis. He doesn't want to be a four, and the way the I mean, it's the way the game is being played. He could be pretty hard guy to guard at the four. And it's good, good example. It's, up to him. it's a good example. All right, uh, I want to just play around, kind of list things from what you're seeing. Three coaches doing the most creative things in the league right now. Uh, I think consistently, say Brad Stevens, Quinn Snyder, and Rick Carlisle. Uh, I think those guys pretty consistently are the guys that are doing things that are a little bit different, that aren't as traditional all the time, have different cuts, different screening angles, um, you know, do a good job in timeout plays and pick and roll options, um, you know, multiple, multiple plays in the pick and rolls. I think those are the guys that games I see are, are doing things that are a little bit different, but we've come pretty copycat league overall. What is the magic that Rick Carlisle has that somehow can make every player seemingly play better under his <coughs> direction? Um, he, like Pop, he holds his guys accountable. Um, there are no, you know, he's uh, one of the quickest timeout guys of all time. If guys mess up, he'll call timeout. <coughs> um, he has this uh, playbook. He, you have to, when you scout him, you have to scout him the last game before you play because he, is constantly tweaking things. He's constantly um, figuring out, you know, what's going, and he'll run the same play. And it might be a week at a time that he finds a, a rhythm or he finds something that somebody's doing really well on the team, and he'll milk it and milk it. And um, then when it quits working, he's not afraid to change up. And then he's got a – because of that, he's also got a very – long, lengthy repertoire of things he can go back to from, you know, the years he's been doing it. So uh, I think he's pretty good at being creative and yet also uh, being traditional in like the old days where, hey, something runs good, you run it until they stop it. That's really interesting. And, and that's unique to him? There's almost no one else doing something like that? Or is that there are a few guys in the league? Well, I think uh, Doc Rivers is a guy like that, that he finds a play that works. He'll run it over and over and over, and Scott Skiles is that way. But more guys try to be tricky. You know, well, we ran that play three times. Let's trick him and run the, you know, the other play. But with Carlisle, as far as his tweaks and the way he makes adjustments throughout the year, I think he's pretty unique. Fascinating. Really, really, really interesting. All right. Uh, three players you've seen that are better than people realize. Um, the easy one is is Jokic now. Obviously, he's uh, blowing up. He's... And some of that, I think, is, the again, the kind of the change 
and where he's played out on the floor, but he's just playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, I don't think C.J. McCollum gets enough love based on being in Portland for as good as he is. I think he's – there's a lot of people that think he's passing Lillard. Um, he's a pretty good player. And, and I think Kimball Walker gets overlooked a little bit too. Um, you know, kind of because Charlotte is, is not necessarily the media hotbed of America. You surprised how I think much those beat the three guys. You surprised how much they're struggling? Yes. I am, but um uh they're always they're one of those teams that's right on the edge. Um and I think that they they're so close in every game that games have to be just right and there's a lot of pressure on Kimba to make to make big plays all the time. And I think they could really benefit. Like Marvin Williams is a good complimentary player, and Batum is a complimentary player, but he's not a guy you can depend on for 20 points a game. So they they don't have that that other guy. And with Zeller being hurt, that's really bothered him. I think they have a real uh, problem with depth on their team right now. Uh, who are uh, next? You have maybe it's the same answer, but are there three guy, players that you think will be anybody out there you think will be dominating the topic of conversation at this time next year? Just right on the edge that's going to break through, and and he'll be in the midst of that major conversation of guys we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. I think Jamal Murray has a chance to be one of those guys uh, with Denver. Um, and I think, you know, I think there's going to be a period of time where I think the Moutier, uh, I don't know if you say experiment, but I think, I think they're going to end up giving the ball to Murray a little bit more. And he is a, a dynamic scorer and good athlete. I think actually, and we saw last night, but, uh, I think both Hernan Gomez's, the one in New York and and the one in Denver, are both guys that have a chance to be kind of breakout guys next year. Um, those are ones off the top of my head. Uh, best path, best passers you've seen recently. Um, Steph, even though he makes a lot of ill-advised passes, but he's among the best. Uh, James Harden's probably underrated as a passer. His assists are obviously a high number, but he really makes sharp, crisp passes. And then um, I think one of the best passing bigs is David Lee. Maybe oh. that one off the, Interesting. off the board. Interesting. Best pick setters? Uh, they're all big guys, um, except for... The best, the best uh, screener, small guy. The uh, the John Stockton Award goes to Chris Paul. He's the best guard screener, with probably Patrick Beverly next, and then with the bigs, I'd probably go DeAndre Jordan, uh, Bogut, 
and Petrulia, even though both of them get a lot of illegal screens, like they do, they do get guys open. And back when Splitter was a good, uh, back when he played, he was a good screener. You know, who I was really impressed by the other night on little guy screening is Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, he does a good job screening because he's figured out that if he sets a good screen, he'll get open. Um, best perimeter defenders. If you had to try to slow someone down, lock them down, who would you? Who would it be? Uh, Marcus Smart, number one. Tony Allen, number two, and Patrick Beverly, number three. Not Kawhi Leonard. Um, I'm fine with Kawhi. I think he's a good defender. I I thought I got to answer the question. I didn't know it was the right or wrong answer. There were no right or wrong answers. I was just surprised you didn't put one in there. But I'm glad you're fired. Glad you're fired. Kawhi is Kawhi is really good. Stay in front guy, no doubt about it. And gets his hands and on balls and deflections. But if I want to say go take that guy out of the game i'm taking those other three guys interesting all right final question for you i keep hearing about how everyone's going to be an all-star next for the Jokic, gobert towns lamarcus wasn't an all-star blake griffin i saw last night he's brilliant again um of those five guys in the western conference who are not all-stars this year Jokic, gobert towns aldridge and griffin who is most likely to be back on the all-star team next year Towns. And then actually, obviously, somebody has to come off. So um, it's interesting. Everyone says Jokic and Gobert are going to be All-Stars every year from here on out. I I don't know where they fit on the team. There's too many guys. It's just an incredible amount of talent. Towns will take uh, Cousins' place. Because Cousins cousins will be in the East. Just kidding. Uh, All right. That, my friend. Scout, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much for another insightful time and interview and look into the league, and I hope you enjoy All-Star Break. You as well. Have a great day skiing. Well, he knows me well. I will be doing that during All-Star Break. Thank you very much to the Scout. Thank you to everybody who sent the thank yous to Kevin Pelton and Rob Mahoney and David Thorpe. I really, really – it's a great – part of our audience that you guys take the time to thank the people that come on our shows i cannot thank you enough for that so appreciate it if you haven't listened to pelton and mahoney those are pretty good podcasts i'd strongly suggest them here's your rundown on sponsors for you today seat geek download the app enter in the promo code lock to get twenty dollars back indochino.com the made to measure suits promo code locked at checkout and you get the indochino made to measure premium suit for three hundred and eighty nine dollars so thank you to them very much warbyparker.com slash locked if you're going to do the glasses i've become a big fan of that that's a past sponsor and we also uh want to thank our all of our old sponsors along the way. Bloom, that's fabulous for flowers if you want to do uh, that. And uh, I used, I did. I, in fact, did the Sherry's Berries for Valentine's. Big win. Uh, so hope everybody uh, takes advantage of all the things that this show gives them. And we appreciate if you can support our sponsors because, of course, we're giving you the show for free. And don't forget Blue Apron. Blue Apron with the lock, L-O-C-K, N-B-A, gets you your first three meals for free. This has been Locked on NBA, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.